0: Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast, where we discover and/or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is a very stuffy Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah?
1: Hello. My Christmas <laughs> no. allergies have set in. You know, three days after Thanksgiving, and I'm, you know. Chugging Alka Seltzers and popping Sudafed, so hooray!
0: <laughs> and I think uh, by the time this episode drops, it will be summerish. So, and, and remember Probably. those
2: warm Christmas spirits, guys. <laughs> the time, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's more because it's warmer than more, warmer than the weather, at least in some places. But definitely not, definitely not Houston. Yes, no.
0: and uh, another Texas expat or I'm the expat, another Texas local <laughs> on the cast. As always, is Peter Dancy hi all right and this week we talked about season two episode 24 and episode 25 which would be the collaborator and tribunal as you mentioned last week sounded like intense episodes and they were so first mm-hmm. up is the collaborator in this episode the bajorans are set to elect a new kai since kai opaka is still off on her uh weird uh eternal war planet as we remember uh and of course, uh, the popular candidate seems to be the lovely Vedic Barail, who Kira seems to be getting much more intimate with, shall we say? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes.
1: Bow wow wow. Bow wow wow.
2: But of you course, find out that Mister Incredible and Elastigirl are getting busy, and you're like, oh yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but of course, the eternal cockblock Vedic Win is still around. Giving yeah. us her nice uh, nice woman smile will be known that she can't be trusted. And wouldn't you know it, right when all this is going on, a Bajoran man named Kubis Oak, who was exiled for collaborating with the Cardassians during the occupation of Pedro, shows back up on Deep Space Nine, and Odo promptly arrests him. Uh, Vedegwin... Uh, talks to uh, Kubis Oak, who reveals that he knows who was responsible for the Kendra Valley Massacre, a massacre that claimed 43 uh, Bajoran lives uh, who were stationed away on a secret location that only a few know, and many believe Kubis was the one who told them where they were. However, Kubis reveals that it is actually Bervedic Burial, who was the one who set the order dun, 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 to get Gaspard. them killed, including o- Kai Opaka's son. <coughs> Wynne, of course, thinks that this will earn her the election by getting Vedic Barile out of it, and she decides to make Kira investigate just to prove how true these allegations are. Eventually, uh, Kira goes through a bunch of sort of documents and various technobabbles where she discovers that Barile really seems to be responsible for the situation and seems to have covered his tracks by deleting emails and the like. (laughs) A lot of parallels, (laughs) I can't deny. Um, Kira confronts him and he admits that he was the one, well, sort of slyly does and does not admit that he was the one. Doesn't uh, deny. Does does, and does not deny that he was the one uh, who did it and he claims he did it because... Uh, the Cardassians said that they were just going to blow up every village until they found the militia. So it was either the loss of thousands of Ajorans or the loss of 43. But Kira is still crushed by this, <coughs> thinking she can never trust that. Uh, because of this, Burial withdraws his nomination for Kai. And Fedek win is now Kai win. Uh, oh, no. Uh, but even worse, Kira doing a double check finds out that Vedic Barail did not do it that he is covering the tracks for someone else and she knows that there could only be one person she would go that far for which is Kai Opaka that Kai Opaka was the one <laughs> who collaborated killing her own son to save everyone and Vedic win I'm sorry Vedic Barail covered it up to keep Kai Opaka's name intact <coughs> and that is the collaborator
1: Woo. a
2: lot happened what do we think about this episode
1: such a dramatic episode
2: seriously so dramatic <laughs> too many ups and downs too many times of Vedic Win being on screen and just and like and just being like really suspicious of everything she says and knowing that it's all calculated and you're like can someone just peg her to this please <laughs> exactly uh, she almost reminds in, oh
0: like I, I think I'm just so crazy they actually went that far to me it's like wow it, it, and again, it's maybe it's just politics right now, but it's like, ah, no, not again. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she almost reminds me of like a Dolores Umbridge type ca- type I was character. Just like 100%. She's, I mean, as of yet, she hasn't done anything that's downright evil, but she's definitely so shady. Besides, co-
2: besides coercing a a Brazilian woman to like plant a bomb.
1: That's true. That's very true. Okay, I m- I misspoke. She bad.
0: <laughs> she, she bad. bad. This, this. <laughs> but I agree that the Laura's on But at the thing, same and, time. Uh, it's, it's something that Louie's and, and she's so well. just kind
1: of a. Yeah, and she's just kind of a character that, you know, she she's mean and I'm scared of her. But I also kind of like enjoy it when she does show up. I like, oh, shit's about to go down. Right. Let's see what happens.
0: <laughs> we all sent our own independent. Uh. Gifts on our message of like when Betty shows up, you'd be like.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes. And I I agree with the Dolores Umbridge thing. And Louise Fletcher seems to just have a knack for this because she's such a similar character in, uh, in, in, in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, where you know that person. You know that person who uses mm-hmm. power and lies and manipulation to get what they want. And it just drives you crazy because it's like. Someone made a good point that like you're never gonna run into Voldemort, a Voldemort to type, you know, a uh, a a, yeah. a a noseless who's just evil out and wizard. Out bad. But you'll run into a person who will ruin your life through lies and coercion and manipulation. Like that happens, and so
2: I think and that's do why it all characters,
1: and do it all with a lighthearted chuckle, wearing pink and being obsessed with cats. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Veda too is just so pleasant you know it's like, it's always that pleasant exterior that,
2: uh... or at least politically pleasant
0: yes mm-hmm. I-, I loved her little sly thing where like she's trying to get Cisco's uh, favor to win her the election and he's like oh my god no. that scene was great oh yes wonderful <laughs> I just love the way Cisco's like let's just wait a week and then she's like but we could do it now
1: hmm
2: he's like no <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I, I love
1: that doing. sly grin that she always has. She's just sort of sitting there pleasantly grinning away like everything is just fine. And right. It's, it's not fine. It's every, you're, you're scaring people.
0: She is the epitome of the this is fine meme. You know, <laughs> like whenever yeah, are going wrong for her. But the,
2: but the trick is she's mm. the one who started the fire.
0: This is yes, also
1: true. Exactly.
0: Yeah. She and then is the I just. Fire. I love later on. She's like, "Uh, tell Cisco that I don't need to meet with him anymore." And it's like, oh, <laughs> mm,
2: you're the worst." <laughs> so not just slap to the face.
0: Yes, yes. So, mm. uh I guess we'll start like what what do you think uh this means mm. that she's the win now? What what does this mean for the future of the show?
2: Mm. <sighs> There's going to be some very increased tension between the Federation and the Bajorans. I mean, I mean, I mean, because like, because we already have Vedek, now, now Opaka, so, so, so we have Win, we have the Dominion, we have the Cardassians, and it's like, and it's like, really, season two, you're going to add this big of a, like a political, like, like controlling threat into the mix. Like, this is just season two. <laughs> I can't take much more of this. It's it's
1: all. I'm pretty sure it's all setting the stage for the next four seasons.
2: Oh, it Five. has to. It has yeah. to. Five seasons.
1: Five seasons.
2: Can't we have seven. We have seven seasons. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah sorry.
2: Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Jesus. I'll
0: talk more about it in the next episode, which will be our our wrap up uh, of season two. But yeah, that's been my general like and dislike about the season it's been a lot mm-hmm. of setup you know mm-hmm. which yes is, i know necessary but i think also sometimes frustrating but i did enjoy this episode because i think it balanced some interesting things all at once which i thought was interesting sure uh yeah and going back to a the theme they bring up a lot which is sort of the noble lie which is something i always deeply enjoy uh obviously mm-hmm. the episode duet is a similar version the cardassian version of a person trying to get justice and this is more of a hiding a painful truth from people which i find very fascinating yeah but i do wonder what uh what win will get up to because she's always wanted power but we don't know what she really wants to do with that power other than i Uh guess more of her turn to orthodoxy it seems like is her main thing Mm -hmm. but even that is like i don't know if she uses orthodoxy to get what she wants
2: you know I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if like like um taking t- taking out the Federation um and just focusing on the Bajorans, she is the one who wants to like talk directly to the Dominion when when whenever they like officially show up in full force when we like get uh, when we get officially introduced to who in the world or rather who in the galaxy they are like I, I'm pretty sure she's gonna be in the front lines of like I can snatch even more power that stretches across light years of space. Let's talk.
1: Mm. But she's absolutely going to bite off more than she can chew with that and it will blow up in her face oh Oh, totally
2: and I'm looking forward to it and that will be a great
0: episode uh, yes I don't think they've set up such a uh, loathsome character without uh, having some interesting downfall in the future you can't have Dolores Umbridge without her getting dragged away from uh, unicorns yes or centaurs Centaurs. no they were centaurs centaurs yes Uh, I agree and I'm very much interested in that episode I think if there's a as we'll talk about with tribunal there's a O'Brien must suffer i think there is a kira must have her political ideals shook or she must yes like yes have yes. her life reaffirmed correct. Like, <laughs> there's so many episodes in them with poor kira like what what <laughs> what mm-hmm. everything i've known is a lie great i'll just start over like, again good to know poor thing why is it? What do you think of it? I guess this is it's more she she's the Bajoran setup, and we're just following those stories. But she's like she just continually gets episodes where she's just like, "Oh, the man I loved uh, hid something from the woman I thought was our hero." Great, mm-hmm. <laughs> stealing this with is that, how huh?
2: they're having this is how they're having Kira personally suffer. Like 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 um. O- O'Brien suffers very much through like physical damage to his person, like to his being <laughs> period because of just the, because of just like the crazy stuff he's thrown into. Kira on the other hand is totally emotional and mental. Yes. Because Bless it's like, Oh great. The, wor- the- it's like Oh great. Like the people I know, how things work all wrong. Absolutely yep. wrong. It's actually flipped turned upside down.
0: Totally. And I think she's, I think what's interesting about this series, but following her, is that she's a sort of came into this show a very black and white person, you know, where it's just mm-hmm. like Kardashians yeah. bad, Bajorans good, and she's constantly for these two seasons been like reaffirmed that things are much more confusing, particularly in war mm-hmm. and people, and that there there can be good Kardashians and bad Bajorans and vice versa. But yeah,
1: that's good because it creates an excellent opportunity for character development, which is my exactly. favorite thing.
2: <laughs> one one reason one reason why I'm not always on board with Superman. He is literally perfect. Like perfect and unstoppable unless you unless you grab a piece of kryptonite. Then it's like, oh, he's down for the count. But it's like, no, give me someone with give me someone who has weaknesses that you can exploit. I'll hate see I'll hate watching it unfold because I want them to triumph, but triumph, but give them weaknesses, please
0: absolutely
1: the and triumph think, is more satisfying if it's hard
2: exactly yeah I, I, you, she shouldn't be she shouldn't be able to just punch her way out of it
0: well and i i gotta say you know i was i was editing uh, uh season two episodes and uh, we were talking early on about what was going to happen in the season and it's just amazing how much has changed already and uh i think it's one thing i gotta respect deep space nine for which is as much as I love tng i think why tng's yeah somewhat more popular is that you could just pop in you know it's a perfect sort of syndication right. show what are they up to this week ah
2: they gotta mm-hmm. figure this out there might be some continuation between like between like this episode yeah. and an episode that, and one that happened like mm-hmm. you know two seasons ago but it's not like you have to go back and watch it it's not required mm-hmm. totally We're, yeah. like this is like that,
1: that happened to me today like I was just you know surfing through channels is like oh BBC America Star Trek okay let's watch it which episode is this okay well Riker doesn't have a beard so it's an early episode <laughs> right and um yeah. Ferengi is messing with Picard. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Fine, fire in. Let's go. Totally, right.
0: totally. And I think there's a joy and a pleasure in that, but the problem is that the characters often feel very um, unstable or uh, stable rather too stable or, right? or, or, or.
1: static. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and like you're right, some word. things will that's change. Like sometimes it'd be like, oh, Geordi <laughs> has uh, prosthetic eyes in this season or whatever. You know, like the minor sure changes like that, but sort of major characters once so i was just thinking like if this is a TNG episode i don't think they would have like spent all that time showing that uh kira and vedic uh are getting closer like they just would have had sex in that episode you know And be like and it would what? Have been like yeah.
2: immediately established You'd be like hey this is the beginning of the episode we know we didn't build up to it but boom you're here now totally mm-hmm. and this is the thing
0: I, I gotta respect that deep Space nine is was attempting something much harder that wasn't just a thing that you accepted with star trek i think now when we're like. You know, talking about Discovery is going to be an anthology-ish series where each season's going to have an arc. We're like, yeah, of course. Like, that's how TV works. But back then it was, like, a challenging concept. And I, I really appreciate that right. the show has been balancing that very well. hmm Do you think that, uh, speaking of, do you think the Vedic Barail and Kira storyline will continue at all?
1: I think so. I mean, they—they yeah. they definitely establish at the end of the episode. You know, they—they they still have feelings for each other, and they're going to continue to see each other romantically. I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out by any means.
2: That wouldn't be uh, realistic.
1: Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think we will definitely see the relationship continue to develop.
0: One last thing, though. Uh, just one side thing. Did you notice Odo's reaction? When, yes! Wait, to what? Uh, what when Kira said mind? that she she goes, I love him, Odo. And Odo goes, what? And you do? He gets <laughs> flustered. You're so sad. Right. I think someone has a crush. Mm-hmm.
2: Something Aww. we didn't think was possible.
1: Uh-oh. Odo has feelings.
2: <laughs> he is capable. Just Aww. He just can't show it on his face. Aw.
1: Poor Odo.
2: <laughs> I believe
0: in you, Odo. Poor thing. Was there anything else mm-hmm. to talk about for uh, the collaborator? Mm.
1: Mm, not particularly. Oh, there's there was the creepy scene when, uh,
0: oh, we a lot when of Vedic
1: Barayal... Scenes. Well, yes, but when Vedic Barayal was having uh, one of his visions or whatever... And he was, like, kissing Vedic win oh, uh, and it yes, was that, really yes. awkward. that That's uh, what I sent in the group message, the EW in all caps. That's what that's happened. That's
2: what it was for. I, I thought, thought so. so. I just yeah. wasn't sure.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was it. Totally appropriate, <laughs> totally
0: appropriate. Those are really good uh, Really good David Lynchian style uh, memories, sort of, uh, which I thought were very fascinating. The opening one is great, where, like, uh, she basically, like, has the guy who killed himself, Um and who who ordered the was kind of the middleman in the order in the massacre, and then mm-hmm. she's like, "No, look, it's you," and it's actually him in the outfit. I was like, "Oh, that's that's great! <laughs> Some really good yeah. creepy visuals." Very clever. definitely. All right, so anything else? No, I'm good. No, we're good. Well, let's move on to tribunal, which means poor poor Chief O'Brien's about to go on vacation. And, that, and we all know what that means. That means nothing good's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chief O'Brien begins this episode annoying everyone uh, as he's about to leave. Uh, very much a concerned parent trying to leave his child behind in a sense. Uh, make sure everyone's got okay on the station. But and of course we
1: ends, don't mean his actual child who he is leaving behind. We no. mean <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the tri-
2: big, huge, metallic baby. Yes, so uh, Chief
0: O'Brien and Keiko are going off on their uh, romantic uh, sexcation. Uh, but before they do, Miles runs into an old uh, person from the USS Rutledge, which was the ship that uh, O'Brien served on that famously got uh, taken over by Cardassians, which is why he has such a hatred for Cardassians, because that's when he was imprisoned and tortured. Uh, he f- meets a person who was uh, served on that named uh, Raymond Boone, Um who seems to have a good uh, encounter with O'Brien, but when they leave, he goes into a creepy room and does creepy things, which is never a good sign. Uh, (laughs) O'Brien is going out on their trip when all of a sudden Cardassians show up and arrest O'Brien. Uh, we learn that, uh, in Cardassia, every trial ends with a guilty verdict. You don't even know what you're charged with until you get there. Your counselor, as it were, really is only there to basically put on a show and, uh, make sure that you lose uh, and prove that you are indeed guilty and that uh, most sentences end in death. So
2: it doesn't
0: look good for O'Brien. But Odo, seeing as he was a uh, former uh, working member of the Cardassians, is allowed to be a, uh, what's it called, natak? Nestor. Nestor, thank you. A nestor in the trial, which means he doesn't really have much power, but he's still allowed to be there, and as we later see, bother the judge. It's
1: like a voice of advisement.
0: Indeed. Right. Kind of thing. Indeed. So uh, while um, poor O'Brien is dealing with this, and they take out one of his poor teeth, um, ugh, not not a fan. Uh, <laughs> they uh, investigate his whereabouts. It seems to be at first that it isn't looking good for O'Brien, when they discover that his voice print is on an uh, entry to an area where a bunch of warheads were stored that were then transported away. And it seems like uh, he was giving weapons over to the Maquis to then kill the Cardassians, which is what he ends up being charged with. However, uh, after looking through all the records and decoding their voice, they eventually realize that it isn't him and it was a reconstructed voice. They eventually recover Boone, who doesn't want to give away anything for O'Brien, doesn't seem to have any worry that O'Brien will get hurt. Uh, However, they eventually discover Boone is, in fact, a Cardassian. uh, Dun-dun-dun. That he was surgically altered to look like a human so he could spy on the humans and live among them because real Raymond Boone died in captivity. Meanwhile, while this is going on, we just followed the uh, court procedures. As we said, we followed the... uh, lovely uh kovat who is his counsel who uh is so (laughs) depressed the entire one because he's like three days away from retirement and this poor guy won't just admit that he's guilty and get killed like everyone else does odo fights with the judge tooth and nail and it seems like despite his efforts to prove his innocence nothing he says is matters because that's the way Cardassian law works but when cisco shows up with boone the judge looks at him and goes well he's guilty but you know what why don't you go home? <laughs> You're
2: reformed. I can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, obviously, knowing that the jig is up and that would look worse if they do it. Um, they talk later on that uh, basically uh, O'Brien's trial was just a sham, that they set him up to sort of encourage the Cardassians to become more violent with the Maquis and maybe even start sort of pressuring the Federation to get rid of the Maquis as well. And that's how it ends with mm-hmm. poor O'Brien. Finally, going on vacation.
2: <laughs>
0: so, what do we oh, yeah, think like
2: of this? They, extra, they could do give him extra time at the end. It just goes like, you know what? Yeah, just, just, just go, please. <laughs> just leave. You deserve it. So, what do we think of
0: Tribunal? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, first of all, a moment of rem- remembrance for poor, um, conservator Kovat, the actor who played oh, yeah. him, Fritz, Fritz Weaver, Beaver. actually. Yes, he actually passed away about three days before we recorded this episode, yeah. which I was yeah. very shocked to read. I just, you know, I think I was watching this episode with my mom. She's like, oh, I recognize him from something. And so I looked him up and it said, you know, died November 26, 2016. And I was watching this episode on November 28, 2016. Uh, and I was like, oof. oh, my goodness. yeah, This is this is the other day.
0: Yes, another 2016 taking. He was 90, so he lived a long long yes. life, which oh, is yeah. nice to hear, but uh, it's always sad when he was like a great actor. And uh, for any sort of sci-fi fans, I think I know notably know him from uh, Twilight Zone. He's in the episode The mm-hmm. Obsolete Man. He played oh. the uh the judge that uh uh Burgess Meredith captures and sort of uh wisely tortures in a very interesting sort of interesting maniacal way. It's very fun. Uh, fantastic episode the obsolete man one of the best twits and episodes ever so mm-hmm. also fail safe marathon man thomas crown He's just been around forever he's an awesome actor it's very sad to hear that and i loved him as kovat he was a lot of fun <laughs> it's just poor oh yeah worn yeah, out uh, uh life <laughs> i just love the idea um there's this really interesting concept which i find very fascinating in boxing which is these people They're generally like the sort of slang term is tomatoes They are people who are very good boxers, but they're not good enough to ever be Mike Tysons, essentially. So Mm. what they do is they fight Mike Tysons and help them get a perfect record. So that like they're purposely matched against people so that they will lose. They're not supposed to lose. They're supposed to fight as hard as they can. It's not fixed or anything. But they're clearly not as good as Mike Tyson or whoever they're going to fight. And they're clearly going to be beaten so that helps someone get a better score. Now, they're paid well and they have a good life. But they never win so it's this very interesting concept where you have to your best career move is to lose and so this poor guy his whole life is to lose that's the whole point of his career and i find that very right. fascinating and he did that yeah
2: kind, yeah kind of kind of like uh madoc uh, not madoc um Mur- 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 Murdoch's dad uh from from, from daredevil like up, up until up until he was like taken out because he decided in like his and what would end up being his last fight he was like you know what i'm tired of like purposefully losing with with ac- with actual actual rigged uh, matches because because I need to be able to show my son that you know you can be strong even like despite circumstances so so it's so it's kind of similar to that where it's like or, I mean, at least in that regard but but instead Kovat he he's just like can I just get through my last three days peacefully I don't I, I I'd rather be sitting behind a desk <laughs> I'm so close please don't ruin yeah. this for me.
1: It's a great moment when O'Brien says to him, you know, have you ever actually won a case? And he just turns around and says, winning isn't everything.
0: Yes. I. I
1: Which is, you know, a perfect description of his job.
0: Exactly. And it's one thing I found very fascinating about this episode is that it it worked within its own Cardassian logic, which I thought was really interesting, that it Mm -hmm. kind of made sense from their warped view of how society should work you know if if you were going full authoritarian and you know that's a very
1: human perspective is to call it a warped view which you know obviously it is but you know as you say to them it does make perfect sense
0: right and And that's what makes it scary yeah to them it's like if he if they ever give a not guilty verdict then it ruins every trial ever which is a very common thing in trials which is like if this thing happens, then every trial afterwards will not matter, you know, because it's everyone's built on this one thing. And so, it's very interesting. It's like, you have to be guilty. You just are guilty because that's how it works. And if it doesn't work, the whole system falls apart even if it is a warped, bizarre system.
2: It's an Mm. automatic precedent that they maintain because that's just how it's set up. And if you come in trying to change it, then, you know, please don't. Like, do not.
0: Definitely. And I think it's interesting that I do find it odd that the uh, Starfleet wasn't more concerned <laughs> that a somewhat war-ish uh, killing of one of their own was about to happen. I feel like they should have right. a little more support.
1: Yeah.
2: I just want I, I want I want to comment quickly though like th- this, like in, in our watching geek space 9 this is the second time that, that that we have watched an episode so far where a non-human where where a non-human person has been has been um surgically alt has has had their body like face and everything surgically altered to resemble that of a human uh, for, for for uh, uh, uh remember, remember the uh klingon in trouble or troubles yes
0: mm-hmm. same yep. thing
2: It's like same thing they were trying they were trying to get away but 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 uh but the only difference between that and um and tribunal is that this time he was caught but not really because it's like it's like oh well you know what cardansians we want to like you know show like you want to like show a good face to the federation we are capable of showing mercy you know wink wink jab jab
1: all right (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's like we'll let him go if you don't press this any farther guys
2: yeah uh
0: and i like to add that the whole trial didn't even matter about o'brien they just wanted any kind of scapegoat to uh yeah start right. something else which is very much a thing that happens sometimes uh, either mm-hmm. good or bad which i find very fascinating that trials sometimes matter more than the regular people themselves which i find very interesting that uh there's a good podcast about the the couple that were the case that got the sodomy law broken down in the United States. And basically they yeah. weren't a couple. They were just like two people who had sex who kind of hated each other. And yeah. it was impossible to keep them together and keep doing the trial. But like, it's so hard to get someone who had like a straight up case like that, that they needed them to get that law taken down. Cause it's a very important part for gay rights. And it was sort of an interesting thing where it's like the, the political stuff matters more than you in the situation. Right. And it was the same thing in a darker way for O'Brien. It's like, you don't matter. It was all about something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But because O'Brien must suffer, it had to be him.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, totally.
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed the uh, um, judge to
2: Mokbar, played by Caroline. Yeah, Ledefors. she was great. She was great. Yeah, you took my word, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> same wavelength.
1: She's like the Cardassian version of Veda Quinn.
2: Oh, yeah, was evil yeah. women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how the um the Ferengi have the articles of um oh fuck, what are they called?
2: Articles of uh, jurisprudence.
1: Well, the well, the Cardassians have articles of yeah. jurisprudence, and and the Fe, um, Ferengi have rules of acquisition. I feel like that. I just think it's interesting that the Ferengi have the rules of acquisition when the Ferengi are very much all about acquisition. And they kept bringing up the um, articles of jurisprudence um, with the Cardassians, and I'm actually looking up the definition of jurisprudence right now, so I don't say something really stupid.
2: Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's it was nice to see that like these two groups had like entire, in, in, entire articles, entire books, entire ways written out on how to approach a situation, and it's like, and it's like, and, and I mean, and now that we know that. This exists for the Cardassians. It's like okay, well, let's you know, much much like hearing uh, Quark rattle off stuff. Let let's let's hear, let's hear you know Garrick uh, like, rattle off stuff from the from the jurisprudence.
1: Exactly. Totally,
0: totally. and I think it is interesting that uh, we've learned from like on the wire. We talked; they talked about Cardassian literature being a thing where it's like in their culture, the cyclical novel where a person devotes himself to the state and dies and then his child devotes himself to the state and dies and like uh goes on and on isn't boring to them it's like perfect that's like a perfect story to us it's like we're about challenge and change and fighting authority and things like that and and to them what i love about this episode is like they clearly have used logic to make sense of something we don't believe in which is like pure authoritarianism but exactly it makes but it works for them yeah they've logicked out the sense and they have their own form on code of ethics and laws they're just not our code of ethics and laws which is very mm-hmm.
1: interesting. exactly this is why i love science fiction
2: <laughs> well done science fiction
0: well it's only because if you did this it's also the case of it's like you don't have to worry that is this technically china you know or whatever like it's it, it's nothing it is a fictional authoritarian state but it, we can relate it to other historical or modern authoritarian states in some form or another, you know? Right. Which is what makes it so great because it's like, you don't have to be historically accurate or anything like that. You can take the best parts of everything, you know, where it's like, it's a perfect authoritarian state rather than the real ones that exist, which are kind of in between a, a real one. <laughs> Sci-fi, guys. It's great. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Hopefully, the new site the Star Trek show will have this level of inti- intrigue in it. Mm-hmm. I thought it
1: was really interesting how um, throughout the at least the city where the trial was taking place, there were these like televisions on all of the buildings that were broadcasting what was going on. It felt very sort of like Big Brother or Nineteen Eighty Four yeah. sort of thing.
0: Totally, and or- then she said something like, "Everyone is watching." Like it feels like you almost have mm-hmm. to watch the trials, you know?
1: Yeah. The well, again, that's something
0: that is very much an authoritarian thing. It's like the state has to constantly be reminded that it's so important, which is why The Obsolete Man is a really interesting episode similarly, where it's another authoritarian storyline uh, that uh, right. Reaver just does very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just uh, doing episodes about why the state is important um, and so much being taken over by it. I left his little, poor little end where he's like, I'm going to get shot for this.
1: Mm. There's a great picture at the end of the memory alpha summary where, you know, it's it's the picture of Kovat realizes he has won and he just looks so, like, distraught and crestfallen. I think his actual line is, they're going to kill me.
2: Yeah, that he did say that.
1: <coughs> Bless his heart. I'm sorry I keep coughing, dear listeners. This is my winter allergies. I do apologize. Uh,
0: you're all right, Sarah. We love you.
1: Mm,
0: thanks. Well, is there anything else to say for the Tribunal?
2: No, I think Not that's
0: for me. about it. All right. So, next week is the uh, season finale. We'll just be talking about the last episode, the Jim Hadar. I think I'm saying that right. I guess we'll find out. Which is our last episode of season two. We finally made it, everyone. Last Yay. episode of season two. Yay! So we'll finally, get it to. Woo. and we'll also and have then a, according
1: to everyone else with season three shit gets real
2: so people say yeah seriously <laughs> people say it's like finally yeah, yeah, my, my my friend my friend Steve like finally gets to join finally gets to join me in, in watching it so it's like okay so like I I'm 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 ready I'm ready for I'm ready for him to be sitting with me like when I'm over at his place like if if we have, like like the next time we hang out and I'm scrolling through I'm scrolling through the episodes on Netflix and it's like, just to hear him say like okay that's great that's eh, that's fantastic that's amazing so
0: well <laughs> just tell Steve not to make you go too
2: far ahead of us oh no yeah of course okay. I, I will I will I will exercise restraint
0: <laughs> I know it's hard I know it's hard. We've all broken it once or twice. It's too easy. That's Whether why I started it watching memory Alpha
2: or watching an episode. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Mm-hmm. So we will do that episode and we'll also talk about uh, our season two into our our usual season roundup. So be sure to look out for that next week. In the meantime, I want to thank Sarah and Peter, as always, for joining me on this journey of ours that we love to take every, uh, every week because we, the show is pretty great. And, uh, I think so far we're, we're still pretty happy with it, which is good. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, that has been our episode. Our theme song is by Captain Meat Shield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meat Shield. We are a part of the Tusken Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuskenShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, interview it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys.
1: Thanks for listening.